the good grades are not the only um, you know uh, proof or evidence for this because in my bachelor's I don't have very good uh, grades. I I proudly say this and I proudly convey this to my students as well that if I am here. uh sitting in front of you as a assistant professor and doing my phd this is all because of my hard work hi there and welcome to the first episode of the second season of our podcast what are you going to do with that of the minerva center for the rule of law under extreme conditions at the university of haifa i'm your host my name is dani and i am a phd candidate also at the university of haifa this season will continue where we left off with the first one In each episode, I will introduce you to and chat with an early career researcher who will share her academic journey with us. If you haven't listened to our first season yet or want to know more about our next guests, look us up on social media with the handle at what to do with that where the 2 is spelled with the number 2 and we also have a website with the same name. To kick off our new season, we have a special guest, Sana Malik Sana has a Bachelor of Architecture from the University of Engineering and Technology in Lahore, Pakistan. She continued her education with an MSc in Housing at the University Saints Malaysia. Following her master's, she was an assistant professor at the School of Architecture and Planning at the University of Management and Technology in Lahore for a few years. She then continued at the same university in Malaysia as a PhD candidate in Housing, even though she's doing most of it remotely. Sana has presented her research at various conferences from London to Dubai, and she also has quite a few article publications on her name, such as in the journal Housing Policy Debate, while she has been invited as a reviewer a couple of times herself, and is also the editorial board member for the Journal of Contemporary Urban Affairs, which is based in Turkey, and for the International Journal of Advanced Study and Research Work, based in India. In addition to her teaching experience, Sana also conducted workshops and trainings and has worked in the field as an architect. Currently, she's active on Twitter through her account PhD friend Sana, whom we recommend to follow, and you can get her attention by tweeting the hashtag #phdfriend. We'll talk more about her Twitter activity and her goals in a little bit. Welcome Sana, I'm very excited to have you as my first guest after a bit of a break. Uh Yeah, thank you so much. Glad to have you here. This is also the perfect excuse for me to open a new bottle of amaretto and to pour myself a new drink. What are you having today? I'm going to have my tea. I I uh, drink it twice a day, twice or thrice a day. Okay. And any favorite flavors? Not actually, yeah, but I like it very uh strong with a lot of caffeine in it. Yeah, I like strong Tea. So you don't drink coffee but you do need the caffeine. Yes, I I mix uh the caffeine into the tea. Yeah. So it gives me a taste of both coffee and tea. Nice. Maybe I should try that. But <laughs> right now this is the kind of strong I need. So yeah. cheers. Cheers, cheers. All right. So happy to have another one of those drinks. And because you're already familiar with our episodes, You might know a little bit what I'm going to start with already. A few short questions. Yes. The first one is what is your typical breakfast? Actually um it is like two things I keep switching myself between that two things. Uh one is bread and egg. 
uh, omelette most of the times and the second one is uh, Pakistani uh, uh, bread uh, which is called paratha it is like a chapati roti and uh, I eat paratha with the uh, egg omelette and uh, yes a big mug of tea so this is my usual I am familiar yeah. with that just a little bit from what I've had for breakfast in India okay um, but maybe there's a different flavor to the Pakistani version yes it is uh, I guess the Indian one because I also had uh, the chance to uh, eat the Indian chapati from uh, North Indian context in Malaysia it is like more oily and uh, different flavor but Pakistan is like different flavor so yes but but it it is uh, comes under the common domain and the big criteria of chapati nice you're making me hungry <laughs> yes it is tasty the second question is would you rather be the funniest or the smartest person in the room i I think I'm both at the same time <laughs> because uh, uh, there are times uh, uh, that I can't stop my laugh and at the same time uh, I give some you know very uh, instant answer to the question while the discussion is going on so I guess that's unique about me I can be a funniest person as well as the smartest person oh that's a very good answer <laughs> I'm not sure what I would always want to be I hide behind um jokes sometimes but maybe smart no i i i laugh a lot i am i'm like very straightforward and you know it just burst out instant instantly i don't have to do anything or control it it just come naturally very nice next one is who had the most influence on you while growing up um if i want to talk about there's a different three uh, in a in a uh, person's journey uh with each uh time like from school and then college and then university and then after graduation so these three or four times that you are going to be influenced by different people so i guess during the, my school time i guess my sisters they were very you know hard working and very much uh, interested in the studies doing homeworks on time so that i guess uh, i inherited this thing from them watching them around me that they are doing their homework so heartedly and doing a, uh, securing first and second position in the class uh, so i guess uh, my home environment that is by build my parents and my sisters and then um, in the college time it was like two years you can say high school but in pakistan is called the college time where you uh, uh, do your degree before entering the university so the that time i don't think so but there is only one thing on my mind i have to secure good marks to get into a good public university and in uh, again public university i had some issues with my teachers so i don't think so during the five years of my bachelor's degree there's actually someone uh, influenced me uh, but yes after getting into the university uh, as a lecturer in 2012 the owner of that university i want to mention his name he is no more in this world right now uh, respected late professor dr hasan suheb murad uh, he influenced me a lot he uh, promoted my nature to explore and 
experience with doing new things and uh, he encouraged me to go to do uh, my masters in malaysia and he gave me a promotion from lecturer to assistant professor when i joined back and again after 3 and 4 years he uh, interestingly listened to my story why i again joined wanted to join malaysia as my university for phd degree and he supported me in that uh, decision so he was the one after in my professional career who has really influenced me to keep collaborating and to keep experiencing the new things only only through that you are going to learn something new yeah. that sounds like a wonderful encouragement i'm yeah. glad that you got to know him yeah it was wonderful experience yeah this question also leads me to the next one which is who do you think has the most influence on your children growing up oh, okay i guess my daughter she's going to be 5 years old by next month and i guess congratulations thank you so much the kids in my family are more other kids in my family are more attached to a grandparents but my daughter is little bit different she is most attached with me and her father so i guess me and her, her father are going uh, has the most influence and her we both are you know a short tempered and we both are uh, you know very energetic and you can see we are extreme emotions to show when we are happy we are so happy and when we are not happy we are not happy so i guess she has inherited both things uh, these things from uh, her parents so i guess we as a parents has the most influence on her i really wish that she changed this extremism in her nature <laughs> yeah it will be very nice to see what she's going to do when she grows up yeah inshallah what would you like to be known for I I always have an interest in social work. Um from my childhood I'm a very sensitive person. I I I I always spoke against something if something is going around me. If even it's if it's in my family or in it's in the classroom or uh, when I was a, when I was in the school or if it 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 is in my job area where i work as a, a, a as an employee if i think you see something injustice i have to speak up uh, i can't you know just uh, be blind and deaf to something that is going wrong so i guess i want to make my name in social work because housing is some area that i you know i that is affordable housing i did my masters on the slums uh located in lahore and i see how how miserable life people have are having especially the urban poor so i guess i want to make name in this area by providing you know design solutions or research solutions or doing something for the people who are living in very bad conditions uh in slums so this is maybe that's why uh, after masters i chose to go for phd in housing as well uh to work in this particular area so i want to be with people and i want to do something with for the people and in domain of their live lifestyle that is majorly controlled and dominated by the spaces they are living in as a as a home space so having looked at your resume uh, i was quite impressed and it seems that you're going into that direction so that's yeah. great yeah uh, so following these short questions i think i'm ready to learn a little bit more uh, about your academic journey yeah so we're going to start at the beginning right uh, i know that you have a bachelor of architecture yes and that you also have experience as an architect so what made you interested in continuing a master's degree in housing 
And how did you end up doing that in Malaysia, as you are from Pakistan yourself? And my question, as someone who's not from the field, what is housing exactly as a field of study? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, I I really never wanted to become an architect. I just want to be very frank and clear about it. I'm a kind of a person who still don't know what I'm going to do with, you know, actually the the whole, um, you know, theme of this session. Uh, I'm a very restless person and I am very, you know, not content with what I am today. I want to improve myself and I want to be go beyond with that. So it's it's uh, yeah, inherited in me as, a, as, as my nature as a human being. So I just wanted to go into a public university and uh, my marks, which I got in the high school and the college, dropped me in that domain of engineering. Otherwise, I wanted to become an electrical engineer, right? more onto the engineering side. Uh, but uh, then I thought that uh, in, in the middle of my bachelor studies, I thought that I should opt out of architecture and go to some other uh, degree as my bachelor's. But it didn't work and I continued uh, and ending up as an architect. So uh, then I thought that I will practice in the market. If I had got the degree, why should not I work as an architect? Uh, although I thought that it is a very male-dominated field because in Pakistan it is very uh, you know indifferent to see a female going to the construction site and talking to the labor and the contractor it is not much you know acceptable in our culture so I took it as a challenge and uh, then I practiced uh, for like two three uh, interior design projects but again, uh, I was not feeling comfortable at the same time because of, you know, the culture uh, stigma that I was not feeling comfortable. Then I got this opportunity uh, to enter into academics and as lecturer in the University of Management and Technology, where I'm currently working as a assistant professor. So I applied there and luckily um, I got in the, into the university as a permanent faculty member. I have to pass the initial interview and then exam and then the board interview so i'm very thankful uh, to allah that he has given me that opportunity um then can i ask you something in between yeah because you said that in architecture it was very male dominated yeah and then you went to the university did you still see it that way or were there now more women on the work floor? Uh, now it is changing because i graduated in 2009 it is like almost 10 years a decade uh, before so now the trend is changing but still if if i see the the architectural consultants in the field there is like 70 30 ratio 70 percent are still male and 30 percent are only female but interesting thing is again that uh, students uh, are more female and uh, male students less students are as uh, male students uh, i guess with the passage of time uh, the trend uh, is going to change and it will change like it is going to be 50-50 ratio for male and female both. I think it's the same in a lot of places in the world uh, where okay. we see people higher up okay. in the hierarchy of different fields of studies and academia, but also in other uh, uh, in the industry, as we call that, mm -hmm. right? Any work outside of academia. Why I'm saying that? Because in Malaysia, I saw the opposite. In Malaysia, I, I saw there were very females there were more females uh, teachers and students who are working like if I see my university where I was getting the education of architecture, there were more male teachers. 
But when I got to Malaysia for my masters, I see more female teachers. So I really liked that thing about Malaysia. Uh, so I guess uh, we need to change that. We need to, you know, balance the gender uh, in every field, where, where whether it's medicine or architecture or engineering, software or what. Definitely, I'll cheer to that. <laughs> yes. Okay, and uh, so you said in Malaysia it's different. That's where you did your masters. So when you did the masters, you were actually there, right? Yes, yes. I, I guess I, uh, yeah. Then I, when I got into the academics as a lecturer, then after doing my job for after one year, I thought that if I, I want to advance my career in academics, I need to get my uh, masters and higher degrees. Uh, to pursue my career in academics so that's why that is the main thing I went for masters and why Malaysia because uh, I was planning to go to UK but uh, unfortunately I didn't get any scholarship so yeah, besides that I didn't make it as a hurdle or excuse that I'm not going to do the masters I thought that where I can do it abroad with my little savings so just I I, I wanted to explore and I wanted to extend my exposure from uh, beyond Pakistan. That's why I didn't, didn't go to do my master's in Pakistan. I wanted to explore with the little money I have in my my, uh, my hand. So uh, Malaysia was an economical one. It was a one-year master's. That's why I got into Malaysia. And uh, when I applied for the master's degree as housing, I thought it will be design-related degree. We are going to design different housing units based on different cultural trends in different countries. But when I started the degree, I thought that it is a different, complete social science subject. It is the center, I guess, of the social sciences because in housing, uh, there are different domains. There is legal aspects, there are financial aspects, there are uh, design aspects, there are environmental aspects. So housing is a science that is that revolves around the lives of the people, how this they spend in their how, uh, uh, dwellings, their shelters. It contains housing policy, homelessness, shelterness, slums, squatters. So it really attracted me, I guess, because I ne never wanted to be an architect. So it was, you know, a chance for me to deviate my um, bachelor's degree into more specific research area uh, as a, my research expertise. That's why I chose it again for my PhD as well. Right. And I did see that there were a few years in between your master's and the start of your PhD, during which you actually taught as an assistant professor. How did you land that position when you came back? from Malaysia yeah it was like it was our requirement that if you get a, a master's degree and you have certain year of experience then you can apply for assistant professor but I guess other thing what uh, was that I always wanted to do something with what I have learned so uh, when I get my master's then I launched the master program in UMT I launched the Masters of Housing in my uh, employed university. So you were teaching your own master students in what you had just studied. Yeah, because in Pakistan there was uh, no degree in housing uh, at the master's level. And I guess that that is uh, a very, uh, you know, need of the time because we are going through uh, the need of, you know, 10 million housing units Pakistan uh, facing that shortage. And people are suffering from this 
issue and uh, every government and every political party you know takes housing as the domain to gain the political votes that we will give, uh, provide you housing so i guess this is the domain that should yeah, what i have learned it should be rippled down to the to my country what uh, with what i have learned and i also uh, launched a uh, uh, moa memorandum of agreement with with usm in malaysia and my employer university do uh, have the faculty uh, and student exchange so i guess when your employer sees that you are experimenting and you are doing something really uh, for uh, good for the betterment of the university your uh, organization then they acknowledge your uh, efforts as they should yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> right okay and then while you were doing all of these new projects and you felt it sounds like you were in the right place to do those things why did you then continue with a phd why i uh, started doing phd that's why yes yeah because uh there's a very again interesting story because uh, before doing phd i thought that it was a very easy thing to do uh people can become doctor uh, with a little effort just try to do some research but i wanted to do it again i uh, just i said because ma- just like masters gave a raise to my uh, academic career uh because if i wanted just say like said i wanted to make name in social work if i want to make some name in the social work i need to be myself you know good financially and you know extend my uh, exposure and have good links in academia and research so i get phd is the thing that is going to give you that platform to make um, academic linkages and uh, collaboration linkages across countries and acro- across the researchers so that was the main you can say determination and motivation behind that uh, and i also wanted to know what is phd why people are so scared of it i want to i uh, take risk with what i have it was a difficult decision for me because i was doing very good in my job um, um it was very difficult for me to take this decision when i have a two uh, at that time my daughter was two years and three months so it was difficult and uh, it took me year from planning to the execution of my journey as a phd student because i started the efforts in march 2017 and i finally started as a phd student in after just one year in march 2018 so it's it's not an easy decision for me it, it was a difficult decision you have to take a lot of things you have to think of your personal life your financial uh, domain as well how you are going to maintain the expenses of a degree abroad uh, at the same time when i was taking the study leave from my job so it was very difficult you had certain expectations about what it is to be a phd student and and what a phd would actually give you afterwards when you would be done so i understand you're almost done now right have you figured it out was it like you thought it would be uh almost done but it 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 was like uh, i thought that it was uh, a nightmare to me it is a difficult journey I, i i guess we should let the newcomers to know that it is a difficult journey it's not a easy and smooth journey um it is good to know the truths uh, of any journey before going to enter it so that you can prepare yourself mentally and emotionally so after two point uh, yeah i started in march 2018 and by this time i guess after two years 2.5 years uh, i have uh, i'm done with my thesis 
and it is currently with my uh, supervisors so that they can suggest me some corrections and additions and uh, that i can incorporate in my final version and then i will submit it to the university inshallah by by end of this year in december or uh, late november and then after it takes uh, two and three months i guess for the examiners to review it and to get the viva date so besides it's taking quite a bit of time and i've had discussions with peers about uh, the bureaucracy of the academic world before what was very difficult for you that you're willing to share with us for me it is it was very difficult to manage the motherhood with the with the study and yes the finances as well because i have i was not on the scholarship i took leave from my job as well because i wanted to focus on my phd i have seen that uh, students or even my colleagues who are doing phd along with job it was it it take them quite long because uh, phd demands your dedication uh, to give time to it on on the dedicated basis so i wanted to give my full attention to the studies and it was difficult for me being a mother to manage the time and everything and to meet the supervisor expectations of publications and participating in the conferences so um i guess uh, for female especially and if she is a mother because it can be very i don't want to be biased because every person emotional strength is different maybe a mother have emotional strength is more than the person who is single or who is male so um i guess it is the most difficult thing is to manage your nerves when you have too many things on your head to to manage uh, and phd i guess teaches you to manage thousand and uh, the pressure the dedication everything at the same time so i guess this is the most difficult to to keep yourself sane at the same time uh, while going through that pressure of you know the research and then uh, the study and then family and finance I saw that you're doing a lot of projects. We talked I talked about your publications, about being an editor for different journals, about conferences abroad. Um and I also saw that you've worked as a consultant for the Bank World Bank housing project on yeah. housing markets in Pakistan. Yes. Yeah. And I thought to myself, how do you manage to juggle all of those things and how did your family and friends also respond to that? I guess uh all of these things come uh one at a time i would say because um, when i started phd my first focus that i should publish a research paper with my supervisor for my uh, previous work so that i have you know uh, it will be good for the my university record that she has published a paper with the supervisor and, and again my supervisor will be happy as well to have the publication with her, stu- uh, her student so i i used to make a microsoft word document and it, it its title was like phd journey so i had you know uh, i have scheduled and planned my year month wise uh, what i'm going to do that uh, with that if i going to uh, visit malaysia in that period of time uh, you know before arriving malaysia i two three months before i used to see what conference i can participate in so that if i'm going to me uh, uh, to make you know my finances for the for the malaysia visit i want to you know make most out of it i guess this was if i uh, at the london uh, conference even though it was my uh, you can say a family trip but i again wanted to make most out of it 
by participating in the conferences in different uh, educational and academic linkages if you train yourself that it is just part of your life it is don't consider it is something if you are in academics or in your career any profession just manage all those things like routine works and don't ta- don't stress it out i guess that's one of the key which my colleagues um, i want to mention my one colleague she also influenced me a lot she is her name is dr freya tark she was a she is a mother of three and she is a fulbright scholar and she did my her phd from america and she influenced she was she is super woman than me and she is doing a lot of thing with managing three kids and home and everything so i guess you you challenge yourself then that if somebody can do it i can do it as well so i guess this it is about putting your positivity uh, and relying and more giving attention to your positive thoughts rather than the negative thoughts that is also very important to keep uh, yourself going with a supportive environment around yourself talk to talk to the people who always support your wild ideas because there are some people when you talk to them about your ideas they always let you down oh that will be very difficult how you will do it and again there are some people who say yes you can do it yes so that i guess that choice of support system is very important that keeps me going yeah that's a great tip thanks for yeah. that thank you <laughs> Uh, so you went back for to Malaysia for your PhD but you've also done part of it remotely from Pakistan right yeah 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 so can you give us any tips on anyone who might be doing that now maybe even because of the corona crisis right people working remotely what is it like to study from a distance did you get to meet any peers or not because you're far away and what is your relation then with a supervisor from afar i guess uh, my case was different i deliberately chose malaysia and the same university from where i did masters because the teachers known me well i had a very good uh, result at my masters my gcp was very good and my teachers over there know that she knew that she is a hard working student so even before uh joining uh, as a phd student they were you know and uh, informally they uh, they are or they are on my whatsapp and facebook so they have been inviting me that come join us as a phd student maybe they know that she can do it because she was good in at masters as well um that's why i chose it and i chose a young supervisor and uh, i why because uh, he was very active and i know that a young supervisor is always you know more active in replying and um uh, accommodating and coordinating with you as compared to a professor level and uh, an uh, experienced supervisor a lot of experienced supervisor um you can say yes i i i made this choice by myself that i want and before starting as a phd student my case was like special i wanted to be um uh, at the, on the remote basis because uh, i don't if i uh, go to some abroad country i don't have the family system over there in pakistan i have a family system because when i'm studying i'm i'm relaxed that my daughter is in 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 good condition she does doesn't miss me so i discussed each and everything with my supervisor before starting as a phd student that i will be working like this as a on the remote basis i am going to take off work from my uh, job i want to focus on it and i want to let all the students mention that it have various from university to university like my university offers only research based phd and i believe that p 
PhD is get is only about research and the research you are going to do uh, with your supervisor, with yourself and with your laptop. That's my uh, learning from PhD. I did all the publications. I did all the work. Even I, I got enough lucky to get, get a World, World Bank project on the behalf of my publication in housing. So uh, that dedication comes from within. It is not the environment. It is environment, but 90% of the uh, intent is going to be based how you are going to do, right? So uh, you don't need to be in the perfect environment. You just need to be in the perfect state of mind. That would I say. Yeah. So you need to have your own plans so you know what your you are yeah, going to pursue. Yeah, yeah. But then you also need to set, in your case, with your support system, right? With your family. Yeah. And also with your supervisor, what the expectations are. Yes. This is very important to have a, a pre-PhD relationship with the supervisor, I, I believe. Uh, so that you know how you do work. Uh, he know how do you work and you know how he or she is going to respond because when once you are you are on the PhD journey it is very difficult to turn back because uh, you have spent your time your finances into one thing and if that one thing is didn't worked out then it is very difficult to switch your mind to another supervisor or another university so I guess the planning uh, it's very important always have your plan A and plan B. If plan B A is not going to work, you, you at least know what is going to be the plan B. And you are the navigator. Your supervisor can be a support system, but PhD and research, you are the main driver. You know what you are going to do with that, yeah? <laughs> so That's right. That's actually also my next question, because we talked about how you're running towards the end of your PhD, even though it might take a little bit more time, also with the bureaucracy that we already mentioned. Um, but then the question is, as you said, what are you going to do with that? Yes, what I'm going to do with that, I definitely want to do have a doctor with my name. <laughs> First of all, I want to have that title, Dr. Sana Malik. I have two my doc uh, sisters as medical doctors. So I, I, I usually say to them that there will be another doctor in the family. And that will be me as a PhD doctor. So uh, I guess that's a success in itself. I want to definitely celebrate it for a quite long time. I didn't take a break. I, you know, I want to take a break and I want to have some good time uh, after I graduate to some, you know, Dubai, some happy new year, something like this. I want to relax myself. You deserve it. Yeah. And then I think I definitely want to... Uh, I forgot to mention that my love for housing research also landed me in launching housing research center in my UMT. So uh, luckily uh, it is now growing up and we are working with the government as well on different housing projects. So my colleagues are saying that you should, you know, now take up the position as the director of the research center. So I guess that's a maybe one uh, direction to that. I definitely want to, uh, you know, extend the, the the arena of the housing research in my country, especially in Punjab, uh, which is the largest province of Pakistan, uh, because people are suffering a lot. And I want to do some research projects with international organizations, as well as to do some social service work with my students um, uh, that will be free, free of cost to provide some you know, a uh, very easy and very economical solution to the people who 
are facing huge issues just because of small design things or just because of ignorance because due to their less education they don't have uh, the people who are living in slums so i uh, that's uh, you know some of the what i'm going to do with that plans of my post phd maybe i post talk as well so maybe if if that's opportunity opportunity comes along you're keeping your options open yes definitely that's good so a little bit of everything as we heard but we haven't talked yet about your twitter projects oh, which is yeah. also one of the things you're doing on the side so i mentioned earlier that everyone should go and check out after listening to this episode sana's account called phd friend sana and use the hashtag phd friend but what is your idea behind this account okay uh, it's it's a very interesting story i recently shared with uh, you know two two days ago on again on a live session he he was asking me that you have a thousands of followers on your uh, twitter page so it was very interesting it was not i always wanted to be a phd uh, handle twitter handle i started it off as a personal page and um, uh, why i started to use it actively because i i'm more active on facebook and uh, linkedin and so uh, and insta uh, too much active uh, because you know that that gives me energy that i post and people you know interact so this this has helped me a lot in my phd while while i was you know doing uh, my head scrubbing my head into the laptop so these little uh, positive vibes from the social media <laughs> gave me the energy to keep going so um, i thought it why every uh, news channel gave that uh, you know uh, reference to the twitter account uh, of donald trump or some other politician that they have tweeted this one so why tweeted so then i thought that maybe twitter is above all the social medias is the only official thing that where people genuinely post about everything i i don't know but i did that thing came in my mind it started uh, using it actively um in 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 start of 2020 year 2020 uh, although i had uh, my twitter account you know from 2011 but i haven't used it yet then i started to tweet i thought that i should tweet about my phd journey and luckily i got uh, a good uh, and a very supportive academic handle that is academic chatter in the start i did some phd tweets and they just retweeted them and i got uh, a fabulous uh, engagement on my tweets which were retweeted by the academic chatter and uh, i thought that it it was their retweet it really helped but uh, with uh, timely and periodically such tweets giving me a uh, started gear to give me a confidence that i am good in creating a conversation on the phd subjects so when i got 3000 above followers yeah uh, uh, in 5 or 6 months then i thought that i should you know keep it to the name because i thought that there are many other pages who are focusing on the research and academics and and they were from america and canada and different parts of the world and there were there was no phd account handle from pakistan so that thing also clicked me that why should not i start as a raising voice of phd from um, pakistan uh, as a representation so that that is you know little wild wild thoughts and behind this thing that i dedicated it as a phd uh, twitter handle yeah i can definitely recommend the academic twitter community it's very supportive you can find a lot of tips there uh, advice or even just rants if you're <laughs> struggling you know it really helped because it helped me 
uh, every time when I was editing my thesis, um, I I uh, asked the academic chatter or, or other accounts to retweet this, and the options and the suggestions and the advices came. It really helped in shaping my thesis. So I get uh, this is really important that we have you know we are lucky enough that we have such uh, platform where we can engage and we can share. uh with words of wisdom uh to help so that somebody can help and improve while doing their phd all right so like i said we're all going to follow you now yeah <laughs> and and i like uh, li- i like your account as well you know that is also you know i like it because it has a fun part always oh yes i love those but yeah. all the credits there go to ido because he's in control of that Twitter account. It has my picture because of the logo, but it's actually him. All right, so uh we already asked that last question before. What are you going to do with that? So I'm going to now finish up with another few short questions. Uh and the first one of that is what was the most important conference or at least the most interesting to you that you've been to? Uh it was the uh one which I participated in london 2 years ago it was again the month of october and we are here in october as well so it was uh, um by iorek i guess i e r e k it's a egyptian based um i guess uh, organization who organizes conferences on architecture and urbanism and uh, it was really a good experience it was my first time experience as a, a you know participate in an international organi- uh, conference because international conference uh, conferences have been organized in pakistan but i was here in the local environment so it was really nice to participate in in an abroad with uh, many uh, people who are coming from different countries and sharing different things so i really like that yeah it was iric one nice i do like international conferences too yeah they they give a different energy to you yeah and then earlier you said that you initially wanted to study in the uk but that you weren't able to land a scholarship did you receive a scholarship for anything else ah uh, that's a sad part of the story i never uh, offered a full scholarship um but uh, yes i got a spas financial assistance of for one ma- uh, semester from my uh, usm uh, for my phd uh but it was very nominal it was like a stipend so i you know that is maybe i tweet something about it one day that uh, your you know if you are not going to secure that it doesn't mean that you are not an intelligent enough because i guess uh, the criteria for the scholarships again i think so that is very ambiguous one uh, because um, i don't agree with that i don't know what is the criteria of selecting someone uh, but at least uh, the hard work should be uh, is is obvious from someone the uh, this resume and publications i guess uh, the good grades are not the only um, you know uh proof or evidence for this because in my bachelor's i don't have very good uh, grades i i proudly say this and i proudly convey this to my students as well that if i am here uh sitting in front of you as a assistant professor and doing my phd this is all because of my hard work so if one phase of your life is not you know good to you and you are not lucky in that you just keep working hard and eventually success will be yours 
if even though i didn't get a scholarship but i am proud that i have done it with my own you know savings and with my own motivation and everything i have people usually make an impression from uh, you know uh, from your personality that uh, if you are in bachelor's or you are early in your career if you are not that smart by then then people often uh you know um, uh, make up their mind that this person is not going to be so successful in the in the later stage of their career or life so um i just wanted to uh, you know advise all the newcomers or new aspiring phd students or the ones who are new in their career just hang in there uh, because um, the bad experiences always give you something new to learn and if you uh, get get that lesson and you know you uh, make it a positive thing from out of that and just keep going and keep people proving wrong that they have said about you i have learned how to manage everything exactly. financial yeah it didn't stop you yes for pursuing your goals yes great what do you consider to be your most important contribution to your field i guess um um the housing research is being limited in pakistan uh, so i guess we have if you search uh, the papers in housing in context of pakistan then your my name definitely be with the uh, leading among the leading ones so i guess that is my achievement which i 5 years ago i used to think well, how do people publish paper i didn't have one published paper 5 years ago and uh, within these 5 years i have published i guess almost um, 15 or 16 papers and all, all are all are you know dedicated to one uh, domain most of them so you can say that i have contributed in that area in terms of uh, the research papers and i got acknowledgement for my government organization as well they that they have put my name on to the website as well uh the local research persons in domain of housing in pakistan so i guess that's my achievement yeah cool another question is who has impressed you most with what they have accomplished yeah my friend uh my colleague uh, dr fiha just i mentioned that um she is has been a role model for me uh she was the one that for her i guess uh i came to know that if you have the determination and the motivation then nothing can stop you uh, nothing can stop you being a mother nothing can stop you being married and anything if you know you are rightly doing it and you are not you know and you are putting everything in place if uh, let's say i have to go uh, to work and i have to attend some conference then i would make sure that my kid or my family is is not suffering they are comfortable and i leave them comfortable with the most uh, possible best solutions so it's uh, she has really you know impressed me how she was managing i only have one kid but she has three and there are many uh, you know uh, on twitter page i see on my facebook uh, friends i see that females are doing tremendous job so why i'm constantly mentioning females and uh, women is because they have you know uh, more pressure from the family side more expectations from the family side and i guess it's not in in pakistan i guess it's uh, around the globe that 
the females are going to have the more expectation and more workload when i see the tweets from you know uh, the professors working in america they are doing you know their work with kids around so so now i every that woman is my hero and i really uh, get influenced by that yeah i think so that besides uh, having women uh, besides men in every organization is that true uh, you know leadership and true path to the success yes sounds like a great role model <laughs> thanks so then we get to my very last question of the day and that is how do you relax after a hard day of work i guess people who know me on twitter they know that i am you know going to relax uh, how i am going to relax um, i love my family and i guess uh, they are the ones we are five sisters and i guess uh, because of that i don't i have friends but when you have so many sisters around you in the house then you don't have to you know jump out of the house to meet someone so they are my you know source of relaxation uh, and um, my daughter and then she just the ones she has come into my life you know even uh, her, her hug and her smile is just like you know giving me energy back to me and she when i go and uh, to pick her from school people say that maybe Uh, this mother is mad and she is you know i'm so much expressive and i greet my daughter with so much energy and loud uh, volume that people say oh this mother daughter combo is like they are mad ones and crazy ones so i enjoy my time with my daughter most and uh, we we go for a walk we go to park and we uh, dance together on our favorite songs i guess this is my yeah source of relaxation yeah wonderful well thank you so much for sharing your interesting journey with us it was absolutely wonderful to kick off this new season with you and i'd also like to thank our loyal and our new listeners don't forget to follow us on and also sana on social media and we'd love to hear your feedback so you have five sisters yes and they all live close uh yes but uh one is now in uk uh, maybe she will settle there but she uh for now she is you know on the uh, periodic basis not for you know after coming for one year but she is coming you know after two three months but you know uh, to whatsapp and through video calls you think that you are living uh, just like i am talking to you i thought i'm thinking and i'm feeling that you are just in front of me and it's so you know loving and warming uh, vibes coming from you and i don't feel that you are you know too far from me so yeah we we have uh, so much friendship among us and we try the time to be